everybody and welcome to another episode of Romance and Color. I'm one half of the duo here at Romance and Color, Tatiana Richardson, your resident romance writer and reader. I'm here with another installment in our Writing in Colors uh, author interview series and I am interviewing my good friend and fellow member of the IRP group inclusive romance project group kelly kane kelly is a mom and a grandma from northern california living in austin texas who writes witty bold and sexy books all from a multicultural romantic perspective um we talk about her uh latest book an acquired taste um book one in the everhart brothers project um how she uh got inspiration for that book um tarot cards we talk about her own fascinating uh story of identity and uh what that means to her and how she incorporates that in her writing so you all please stay tuned and listen to my conversation with author kelly kane Hi, everyone, and welcome um, to the podcast, Romance in Color. Um, I am here for another Writing in Color author series with my friend, Kelly Kane. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? I am doing well and so happy to be here with you to chat tonight. Awesome, awesome. I'm telling everybody now that I'm saving all the best podcasts for last. So I got all my my, my homies on from IRP Inclusive <laughs> Romance Project last. So right. thank you for <laughs> thank you for joining. So this is gonna be a lot of fun. So first off, I'm gonna start off with a question I ask everybody. Um okay. when did you first fall in love with romance novels and what kind of inspired you to start writing romance? So this is kind of a funny answer because all this time I've been thinking, so about five years ago, I started reading a lot of um, new adult romance when it was really Mm -hmm. popular. And I was just Mm -hmm. devouring that. And I've been telling people that that's when I first started reading romance. And then I was looking through my shelves, like, recently, I mean, very recently, the last couple of weeks, and there's all this romance. It's like I completely forgot that I used to belong to the Black Expressions Book Club back in, (laughs) you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s. And so I have stacks of romance novels on my bookshelves that I'm looking at every day and not registering Mm -hmm. that I have been reading romance you know, for quite a while. And mm-hmm. I've heard, like, there was a podcast I heard recently listened to with Sandra Kitt. And I was like, mm-hmm. she sounds familiar. And, yeah, I have one of her books. I have Brenda Jackson. I, <laughs> I mean, just all these people. And I'm like, wow, I've mm-hmm. read all these people and didn't even... <laughs> Yeah, Realize black expression. Yeah, black expressions was was the bomb back in the day. Cause used to have Girl. like all the popular stuff, and I remember my mom was a member of it. And like I remember yeah. it had like the the Kamani and the arabesque and all that stuff used to come to you. Right. It was that was some good stuff back then. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, yes. Oh, I bought so many books. I mean, I still buy so <laughs> many books, but you know, I really bought a lot of books back then. See, you were reading romance, and like you didn't even you didn't even realize it. Didn't even realize it, but starting to write, though, that was, you know, like five years ago when I was reading this new adult, and I was like, 
I think I can write this. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and then I did. So, <laughs> so how did I know you're a, a, a mom and you're a grandma now? Yeah. And so, how in the world did you fit all the time to like from your quote unquote day job? into yeah. and, and balancing motherhood and day job and all that stuff but i know your daughter's grown but still it, yeah. well, you're never really over parenting right so when when did you have all this time <laughs> to like try to write and balance like your career and all that stuff yeah. and give like time to write like okay I, i'm gonna start writing like you know how am i gonna do this right um yeah i didn't have a plan at all <laughs> and when I started writing, my younger daughter was a senior in high school. Mm. And I also, my parents lived with me at the time um, and they were elderly. And, you know, so we, I took care of them and my daughter. And then I also, I do have um, a full-time day job. I work for a large corporation. I've been there for 17 years and, you know, we'll be there probably until I retire or they kick me out. But right. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I mean, I just... Every day I would, and it's so funny when I started writing, I didn't tell anyone because I was kind of embarrassed, you know, like, I don't know, like, I can't write, you know, but I'm going to try this and I'm not going to tell anyone. And I I think like I was almost like 25,000 words and I sent it off to a friend, um, a good friend who was in uh, Mississippi and she started reading every 25,000 words. I sent it to her and then I finally told my daughter who lived with me. And I was like, you can't tell anyone, but this is what's happening. So, I mean, just every evening, you know, I'd take a couple of hours in the evening um, yeah. and write. And then on the weekends, I'd take a little more time. And then, you know, now, yes, my both of my daughters are married. They have their own homes. So, um, mm. but, you know, I talk to them pretty much every day. Mm. So, you know, so I have to kind of balance around that. And, and then, of course, my day job. But... You know, yeah. I I pretty much, I mean, and I'm in, very introverted, so, you yeah. know, I'm yeah. happy being so, at home. <laughs> so what made you, like, want to, like, keep it a secret? Like, were you just like, oh, I don't think the writing's good enough? Or were you just kind of self-conscious about the writing? Or were you yeah. just like, oh, it's just going to be a hobby? I No, I was very self-conscious because I'd, uh, I'd taken pride in saying that I wasn't creative <laughs> my whole life. Mm. People would ask, and I'd be like, I, I'm not creative at all. I do numbers, mm. and I'm in business, and, you know, whatever. I'm not creative. And I think that trying to do something creative was just, like, scary and, you know, mm. something that I didn't think I could do, but I want to mm. try anyway. Mm. And then I just fell in love, so there it is. Mm. <laughs> so what was the what was the impetus for like okay I just wrote this book I'm just gonna see you know I wrote a book to I'm gonna try and get into publishing or, or get or having it published yeah so when I finished I was like okay I'm done now what and of course mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about revising or trying to get critique partners or I didn't you know I had yes I had my beta reader Anna was my really good friend <laughs> and yeah. she read all my work and she loved it because, you know, I don't know if it was good or if she was my really good friend and that's why. Yeah, but friends are biased. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of course. So I was just like, hmm, so I have this, what am I going to do now with it? I, I'm not sure. I guess, 
I, you know, let me go on, you know, Random House, Penguin Random House's uh, page and HarperCollins and, and see what they're talking about. And I guess I could send it to them. And it's just like, okay, that's not how it works at all. And I figured that out pretty quickly that if you don't have an agent, you cannot send it to them. Right, <laughs> so then right, I was right. Like, well, what do I do with this? So um, I was in, um, I don't know if you know the books, Outlander books and TV shows oh, and yeah. all that. But yeah. yeah, so I was in this Facebook group, this Outlander Facebook group, and um, I saw an author had pop, um, put on there that she had just gotten a book contract with a small press. And that she was really enjoying the experience and, you know, she was kind of putting it there and they took it right down, of course. And I was, I mean, luckily I just, you know, happened to be on when she posted it and saw it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, well, let me try them and see if they might take my book. And they did, which was mm. a shocker. But, you know, that doesn't normally happen. And then, of course, that was a small press. They um, ended up closing. I got my rights back. Mm. And then I've written four or five more manuscripts since then, you know, over some years before I got my agent and got this book deal. So. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) what was it? So what did you learn really during that kind of like publishing process of like the not knowing to like, okay, now I think I know what I'm supposed to do and get this agent. Like what was the biggest lesson that you learned during that kind of time? I think patience <laughs> and having, <laughs> I know, you know, and they always say you have to have a thick skin. And I mean, I don't really think I have a very thick skin, but I do understand that it is subjective. Right. And I, I think the biggest thing that came out of that experience of having that first book published so quickly with a small press is that I met four other author friends who also were going through the same experience and then we formed a chat and we kind of walked each other through you know that process and then have stayed friends since Mm -hmm. then and so we're all writers we're all writing all the time and Mm -hmm. we're all sharing you know our work with each other and our experiences and querying and book deals. And, and Mm -hmm. even one of them has become an agent since then. So then Mm -hmm. she can share kind of from that perspective. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, I've been very fortunate, you know, to have that close knit of um, fellow authors who I can just really run to with anything and we talk it out. So (laughs) yeah, that that's awesome. Like, out of that experience you just got like a built-in community of folks right. to like support you and kind of just guide you through this whole right. crazy i would say crazy yeah. <laughs> this whole like it's wild this very mind-altering yeah. altering the life-altering experience um what do you think right. are some like common traps that like first-time writers you know aspiring authors kind of get into I mean, you kind of mentioned one, like, not knowing, like, the publishing and, like, thinking, oh, I could just go straight to, like, right, <laughs> right to random yeah. house. But what no, are some yeah. other <laughs> Yeah, and I think it really does go back to patience because um, publishing, you know, it moves so slowly. And even when people are interested, that might still take months and, you know, mm-hmm. you have to wait and, even when somebody verbally says, oh, yeah, I want 
to buy your book. You still have to wait for the contract to come, and that might take even weeks and mm-hmm. months, and you can't tell anyone. And it's just Ooh. so. I mean, number one, you have to have patience. Um, you know, I know the the journey is different for everyone, and um, you know, some people it happens quicker for, and some people, you know, it doesn't. But at, at the, you know, you just have to have that patience and not just jump into things because you want it so badly. And I mean, believe me, I, I understand the want and, um, you know, but you, you just can't, you know, just do whatever. You have to kind right. of have a plan. And, yeah. And really kind of work your plan and stick yeah. to your plan. And, and sometimes you have to, you know, make adjustments to your plan, of course, if it mm-hmm. makes sense. But don't just do it just because you want your book out there and you want to be published. Right. right. Yeah. I think people kind of like, particularly when they see like blockbuster books, they kind of <laughs> gloss over the fact of all the stuff that happened before the book mm-hmm. became a blockbuster. And it right. seems so like seductive to to like first time authors like ooh, I can have a book out there and it can be a big hit and then it'll be a movie and then I get you know rich and then I can be the next the next you know Susan Collins or whoever else you know right. um right. but you know they don't think about all the other like the minutia and the kind of boring stuff mm-hmm. that happens before that so yeah that's that's yeah, super, super very cool. true very very true mm-hmm. so your own writing, you say, is witty, bold, sexy books with multicultural romance, <laughs> like Edge. So tell us what that actually means in terms of, like, culturally, where you're pulling your ideas from and what you want to highlight within the genre of romance. Yeah, I mean, so I write very, as I, you know, in that tagline, bold women who are really, you know, doing it for themselves. They're mm-hmm. um, kind of directing their own lives. I mean, that doesn't mean they always have it all together and know mm-hmm. exactly what they're doing. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, they're not waiting around for other people to do it for them at all. So I think um, culturally, um, you know, I pull from, so I was, long story, I was, um raised by my parents who are black and um that's where i pull most of everything from of course from my lived experience for 50 plus years of being black and having black family and black parents and all of that and then you know i found out five years ago that i was adopted so yeah and so now i have you know two new sisters and two new brothers and my brothers, um, you know, one of my brothers, I have a relationship with the other one. I haven't, you know, been able to meet yet, but, um, mm-hmm. he, you know, they're, they're Jewish and they do Jewish things. And I go to Passover every year now with my, you know, before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So now I've started putting that into my books too, pulling that too. But, um, you know, my latest book is, um, based on a woman, a black woman who, um, works in her mother's restaurant and she's been working there for like 10 years. Her mother's restaurant is a Southern Creole type restaurant because her mother is Creole. And so my daughter is Creole and I pull a lot of, you know, it's a fascinating culture, the Mm -hmm. Louisiana Cane River Creoles. Yes. Um, 
So, yeah, I pull a lot of stuff from there because, well, mostly the food because, oh, my gosh, it's my favorite food <laughs> in the whole world. It, it is good. It is good. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to you. Look, let me t- full disclosure. So my Kindle was acting up and I had pre-ordered the book, right? <laughs> so my Kindle was acting fun. up. Like my Kindle was acting up, and so it was the day it was supposed to come. It didn't. It didn't show up, right? So oh, I'm like God. contact. So I'm contacting Amazon. I'm like, look, I pre-ordered this book. Where is it? Oh, I don't know. There might have been a glitch. Blah blah blah. So anyway, it got oh. to my Kindle. So when I was reading it, and I'm reading, I'm like, do do do. I'm like, okay, I'm not quite through with it. But that is, uh-huh. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I got a gripe with you because you said collard Uh-oh. greens don't smell good. And I was like, that is not true. <laughs> oh, girl, I can't stand them cooking. Oh, my gosh. And my parents, like, you don't understand, my parents ate collard greens every day when I was growing up. <laughs> so when you come home from school, there are collard greens cooking every single day. Uh-uh, they do not smell good to me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Uh-uh. I was like, what you mean collard greens are so good? I was like, I was like, uh, uh. I was like, I love, I love collard greens, but but then again, I don't eat them every day. Like that's like a right, yeah. And eating them is thing. different than smelling them though when they're cooking. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway but but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute okay. but not about the book not the collard greens but i'm fa- i'm fascinated with this idea of like you were talking about you being adopted and so you have like these newfound like identities and like yeah. it's all kind of intersecting like you have this one lived experience and now you have this like new experience like yeah. That has got to be like not only like mind boggling, but also <laughs> like fuel for creativity in a way. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure as soon as you found that out, you was like, "Oh, I'm part Jewish." I already know we're gonna have a a Hanukkah Kwanzaa uh, <laughs> Hanukkah Kwanzaa romance. <laughs> I'm just making up stuff. Look, you can use it if you want to, but I, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like it just opened up a world of like new stuff for you. I'm sure, like creatively and like oh, things yeah. that you can get to express in your writing. So, like, what do you think? I know you have a whole new, a whole series coming with the Everhart brothers, but yeah. in the future, do you, do you think like you'll be pulling more and more of that that kind of experience into like your writing? Yeah, last year I actually wrote the book, um, so it is, and I call it my origin story, but it's a romance, but it's you know based on a a woman who gets this. Um, mysterious ring in the mail or you know mm-hmm. delivered to her and it's mm-hmm. just like a, a note that says you know I'm your grandmother here's your ring I'm you know she she dies and she, but that's the only thing that she has to go mm-hmm. on and she had no mm-hmm. idea she was adopted and mm-hmm. um yeah and so then she um hooks up well finds this you know hot geologist or geochemist who owns a jewelry <laughs> store <laughs> and okay. they figure it out together and <laughs> they go on the road and and all of this so i wrote that like last um 
May, I think, and it's on submission now and hopefully close close to um, a contract for it. So. Wow, wow. I think you might have mentioned that to me like the first time we talked, but I can't, I don't, I, I remember, I don't so. remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember you said something about a geochemist. I was like, what is a geochemist? And I was right. like, I have no idea what that is, but that's fascinating. But I'm going to look forward to a, that. A hot, um, nerd. <laughs> Those are always good. Those are always oh, good. Oh, they're my favorite. <laughs> always a favorite. So yeah. what other things... Um, do you think have been important to you as far as <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the romance community like what about the romance community has been important to you in your journey to getting published um so you know they're you know I, of course i have my my one group now the, they're not none of them are romance writers i'm the only one who writes pure romance i mean they dabble you know they have romantic relationships and and all of that but i mean you know joining um the irp and then um tasha l harrison's group the word makers um oh yeah that yeah. has been who let me tell you that's a game changer for me because mm. it's such um, a diverse group but at the same time you can kind of talk about anything um i mean we're diverse i think ethnically but not culturally i guess you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. i mean people don't get offended you know when you when you talk about what's going on in romance landia today which right is, right right like every day there's something, something. <laughs> but, yeah but i mean i've learned so much too just you know, a lot of it I'm not on top of, and then I hear it, and I'm like, oh, that's what that meant, and oh, that's what's going mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. it's really helped me to kind of stay clued in to even, you know, the whole publishing journey and what that's mm-hmm. really about and, you know, how it, you know, it really works. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. Rather than just mm-hmm. my perspective. Yeah. Right. So has that like when you get in like these kind of tough situations, like say you have like a writer's block or they're like, you're in the weeds somewhere. How does that like community of writers, like, like either where in IRP or in the word makers, how does that kind of community of writers just like pull you out of that? Cause I mean, writing yeah, it, is so it, solitary. It, it can be, which is nice about word makers because they write every day. So I'm usually at work when they're writing in the mornings, but they can mm-hmm. on zoom and they write every single day together for a couple of hours and then on wednesday nights yeah that's when i normally go on wednesday nights um because um you know they it's just the one time a week in the evenings that they write but also people all anybody can write open up a zoom room right and then they there's a channel for that you know on the uh, word makers app and you can just go there and look and see who has a room open and you can write anytime so that's mm-hmm. really helpful and you know writing with other people so it's not so solitary but mm-hmm. also um you know just brainstorming like with my group in the chat i mean if i i don't really get like writer's block per se but if i mm-hmm. there's a part in the story that isn't clicking or i can't figure it out by myself i can send a bat signal on twitter <laughs> and tell mm-hmm. them hey meet me in the chat basically and then they all come in there and then we just kind of i talk it out with them and we brainstorm and that always you know makes a difference but also lately and this is another thing that was kind of born out of the word makers group is um tarot 
So I've been kind of dabbling in the tarot cards, and man, I tell you, every time I'm trying to figure something out, I'll pull a couple of cards for for my character or whatever, and then look at them, and bang, 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 I've got scenes ready to go. That is so so crazy (laughs) that you mentioned tarot cards. So I had a friend friend of mine, shout out to my friend D. Danielle Thomas, who actually just sent me my tarot divination that she did and Uh um it is the way that it was like I had to like sit back and absorb it and was like wait a minute like (laughs) it not only did it confirm some things for me but she doesn't know this but it confirmed things for my writing that I didn't know that I needed to do so I was like yo I didn't it was so powerful for me. I, that is so crazy that you mentioned that. That, that is so weird. I, I, that is so weird. That is so weird. Because literally, she sent it to me about two hours ago because she films them. So she sent it to right. me two hours okay. ago and I, and I watched it. And I was just like, okay, I'm sitting back trying to absorb it before we did our interview. And I was like, okay, this is really bringing to light some things I need to, mm-hmm. you know, you know tackle in my writing and with certain characters mm-hmm. and blah 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 and then you mentioned tarot reading see that, that um, right. see, I, was meant, I was meant to talk yeah. to you today kelly it was just confirmation yeah. <laughs> that you exactly. know this, this is the right path that we're going on yeah <laughs> yeah no that's what's yeah. so nice about it because it really you know it's you know it's the universe talking to you basically and <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and it's really inside your own mind when you're interpreting and reading things. It's, you know, stuff you probably already know deep down, but it hasn't surfaced yet, and that helps it to surface. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been really helpful for me. I mean, I, I've just been dabbling, like I said, for the last, you know, few months. But um, mm-hmm. Lisa Kessler, who's in the Word Makers group, she did um, like a class and I mean, it was over several weeks, every Sunday night we'd get on and she'd do one suit at a time and really like walk us through it. So then you didn't have to like rely on the book to read what the card's about. You kind of know when you look at it. So that was Mm -hmm. so helpful. And um, she always says, you you know, when you pull your cards, you pull the card, you always pull the ones that you need. And it's so true Mm -hmm. every single freaking time. Wow. Wow. That is yeah. wow. The the, the is. That's so that is so crazy, the coincidence of you talking about that right now. It's like blowing my mind. It's like really blowing my mind right now. I got okay, let me try yeah. to get it together. <laughs> let me try to get it together and go back to the question in hand. So um once you kind of um got your feet went into the publishing aspect mm-hmm. how did like finding an agent go yeah. um was it difficult to find an agent or to query agents um when you're <clears throat> did you, so did you have like a deal first with with the publishing house and then you found an agent or did you find an agent mm-hmm. and then the pub you sought out a publisher how did that process go and kind of let people yeah, know, so, know how right. to seek out an agent so I wrote this book um, for during NaNoWriteMo um, mm-hmm. in 20, what is time? So 19, no, 19, 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so November of 2019. And then I think I finished it like in mid-December of 2019. 
And mm-hmm. then I did some revisions, and then my critique partners looked it over. So by the beginning of January of 2020, I was ready to query. So mm-hmm. I had already been kind of looking at agents here and there, and I used the mm-hmm. query tracker tool, you know, querytracker.net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a really useful tool if people aren't using it. I It's it's free, but you can pay $20 a year and get, you know, more out of it, which I mm-hmm. highly recommend. I mean, it's just 20 bucks a year. If you can afford that, do it because then you get a lot of more insights into what the agents are doing and reporting and, you know, reports and all of that. So um, I started adding agents to my list of ones mm-hmm. I wanted to query. And then I also, and then, you know, using like the MS. WL tag, right? Yeah. The hashtag mm-hmm. on Twitter and mm-hmm. seeing what people are looking for. But also, you know, my eight, my <laughs> author friends were looking out for me as well and they'd send mm-hmm. me someone and I'd add mm-hmm. them and then do my research and see if they look like they would be a good fit. I also made a Twitter list of all the agents that I added and put them mm-hmm. on this private Twitter list so I could kind of watch <laughs> what they were tweeting about. Right, right, Because, right. you know, lots of times they kind of tell on themselves their, um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> true character through those right. tweets. So right. um, did that. And so, and then with Query Tracker, it lets you kind of know when agents are open to Query because, you know, mm-hmm. they close down a lot. So I sent some queries out. Um, They also let you do like a top eight of the agents that, you know, you want. So Mm -hmm. I did that as well. I kind of ranked them and most of them were closed. Um, (laughs) Then my agent who um, finally opened up, the one who I have, um, she opened up in like March. So I sent it to her right away. And she read it in a couple of weeks and made an offer. Um, wow. So it was kind of meant, yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned no, no. manuscript wish list. I know uh-huh. authors also have wish lists for what they want in an agent as well. So did you have yeah. that and compare it to, you know, the list of agents you want? And, like, do you have tips for, like, authors who – what are some things they need to look for in, in an agent that would – kind of work with them or fit what they're doing yeah I mean I had um you know a word document written down those things that like questions you're supposed to ask and I mean you can you know anybody can google and you can find those kind of questions that yeah. you're supposed to ask agents and all yeah. that for mm-hmm. me it was more important that when I talked to the agent that she um understood the book and what I was trying to do with it and, you know, asking, like, where did she sit at, see it fitting in with other books? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, when I talked with Amy, my agent, I mean, she was just really just, like, vibing with me completely on the book. I mean, I liked her, too, on a personal level, but just, you know, in discussing this particular book, just the things that she was saying and and the things that she thought I should revise. And she's more of like a cheerleading, you know, kind of agent. She goes out right, and makes right. deals. Yeah, she makes deals. She thumps you up, all that. She's not going to give you a whole lot of editorial, which I, I I was fine with. I mean, that worked for me. So other people might want more editorial. editorial. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. I mean, it's just really what you're looking for, but that isn't what I was looking for. I mean, I have all of my critique partners and, you know, right. my beta readers and, and all mm-hmm. of that. And I felt pretty strong about the story. And, I mean, she definitely gave me some great um, revisions to make. 
um, a few. So, you know, that mm-hmm. helped out. But, yeah, it was just more just seeing her vision of the story mm-hmm. and really agreeing with that, you know, and, and her really having a deep understanding of what I was trying to do. Yeah. So let's so let's talk about the the story and in, in the book that you have out. Um an acquired taste. This is book yeah. number one in the Everhart Brothers. So first of all, you know I love it because it, it, it has chefs in it and I'm married to a chef. Yeah. So <laughs> or maybe yes, I, I am married to a chef. Yeah. Oh, I think I did know that. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. He, yeah, yeah. I married to a chef. He's from the Caribbean. He, but although he does not cook just Caribbean food, but he right. is a, he's a chef. But um, so you're from Northern California and you moved to Austin, yeah. Texas. Um, what is it about Texas? Because we, t- I talked to um in another podcast, I talked to um. Chris Lisa Williams about uh-huh. Charleston, Charleston about what Charleston uh-huh. is like as a character. So it's right. like Austin is the third character in your in your book. So yeah. what is it about Austin <laughs> and that's and the scenery of Austin that makes for like good quote unquote world building for this particular series right. and book? Yeah, well, you know, Austin, I mean, I'm sure everywhere where people live, they think their town is unique, but Austin really is unique. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's built at, yeah, it's built at the, as the live music capital of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just that whole unique vibe of Austin where, um, you know, when you get off the airplane and you're going through the airport, there's a big mural and it says, you know, keep Austin um, I'm trying to, now I can't even remember. I want to say that it's a word that we don't, you know, use anymore, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say keep Austin different. So, oh, right. <laughs> so it is, um, and it is different. It's very different when you, you know, the whole vibe of the place, when you, there's just so much to do here with between water and then the sixth street is kind of like bourbon street and mm-hmm. um, so much food and, you know, the breakfast mm. tacos. I mean, that's pretty much what I eat every morning because breakfast tacos. <laughs> breakfast tacos. Yeah, I do. I make them every morning because that's kind of, you know, what you do here and I love mm. them. Um, and then, you know, like there's, you know, restaurants who started like street tacos in their restaurants and now they have them all over the place so Mm -hmm. you know and of course the barbecue and uh, my mom was from austin she she was born um you know outside of austin in the country out there but Mm -hmm. grew up here and i've been coming to austin you know all my life when i was a little girl we come in the summers and Mm -hmm. spend time here and Mm -hmm. um so it's always been like a part of you know my heart but mm-hmm. when I moved from Northern California, I actually um, moved to Houston. I lived in Houston for 30 years, and I just moved over to Austin three years ago. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. But te- so, Texas in general is important, though, to, like, the stories and, and the setting of, 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 like, a couple of your works. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. They're all going to be set somewhere in Texas, more than likely, Texas. and probably in, and in California. They're going to travel mm-hmm. normally mm-hmm. during my book at some mm-hmm. point. So yeah. even with this, so the, the TV competition that they enter is in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they go back and forth a couple of times. So, you know, yeah. that's my yeah. old stomping ground, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. was inspired you to write 
this book and and the characters of Rowan and Knox? So my friend Amanda, who is an author, Amanda Linsmeyer, um, she is one of, you know, the women in the chat. <laughs> and one day she was just kind of like, um, yeah, I still really want to see you write, you know, a competition between two chefs and there's lots of food and lots of sex. And I was like, yeah, that sounds really interesting. And it does sound something I'd be interested in, but I was revising like this other, you know, one of those four or five manuscripts that I'd written, right, in, in the between time. And I was mm-hmm. revising it because I'd gotten um, an R&R from a publisher. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to revise this and maybe they're going to buy it. And I don't know that it just kind of hooked me, that that <laughs> that premise. Mm-hmm. She put it in my mind mm-hmm. and it hooked me and I couldn't mm-hmm. let it go. And I was like, okay, forget it. I'm just going to write it for Nano and, you know, put this other thing to the side and, and mm-hmm. you know. Shiny new objects are hard to resist with with mm-hmm. writing anyway. So right, right. this was something that was interesting. She knows my food thing, so she knew that was right up my alley. And um, yeah, with Rowan and Knox, you know, I just wanted Rowan to be someone who um, loved her family, loved her mother, and was very close to her family, and um, but still kind of had that insecurity. Um, most of it is because in culinary school, I mean, she's in the top culinary school, but she was waitlisted to get in and she blames Knox because mm-hmm. she thinks, you know, his dad paid his way in because his right. dad is like, you know, restaurant royalty or whatever, a Michelin like star James, chef like, and, like and all James of that. James Beard himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a hot mess. He is <laughs> the father. So. You know, and then once she did get into culinary school, I mean, with Knox, I mean, they're always going head to head, and she normally comes up short. So all those years of not being able to beat him have kind of made her question her abilities. And, um, you know, when any little thing comes up in the restaurant, she second guesses herself all the time. So Mm -hmm. it was a journey for her with her confidence and she was a great chef. And then with Knox, Mm -hmm. I wanted him to be, um, you know, I wanted them to go kind of head to head with, Mm -hmm. you know, the snark because I love snark and I love the banter. Yes. Like, that that should be just my brand name right there. Just snark. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, he is an Yeah. <laughs> he gets under her skin so easily. Yes. And he knows yes. it. And he knows yeah, it. She's like, oh, he's so good looking, yeah. but he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And she but can't stand not, it because of it. Yeah, yeah. But it's something about chefs. Like, I watch yeah. tons of cooking shows and cooking competitions, yeah. too, of course, with my husband. He's, like, top chef obsessed. And it's something yeah. about those competition shows that are, like, perfect for, like, enemies to lovers tropes. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I mean, it's it, kitchens are already literally heated. Like, it's a hot yeah. environment. <laughs> it's a hot environment. Right. It's like, you have to be quick. You have to be precise. You have to do all these things and then yeah. love gets in the way and just complicates all all this everything you know what I'm saying right. so it's like exactly. you know and, and I also love the fact that not only you have this story in here 
it's a recipe book too because you have you have recipes <laughs> thrown in there i was like wait so real recipes so where do these recipes come from like family tradition recipes and things Most like that of them. Yeah, most of them probably from my mom. Um, There's one in there, the fried spaghetti, that's for my dad. (laughs) And it's something that I grew up eating. And then now I'm like, oh, well, you have, you know about fried spaghetti. And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So I'm like, well, maybe he made that up. But I stuck it in there. And then um, my son-in-law is from Puerto Rico. So he has, that's his pistones recipe in there. yeah, and, you know, just a lot of my mom's sweet potato pie and, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of recipes. And then I even have, um, I'm sorry? No, 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 go ahead. Oh, okay. And then there's um, Dutch coffee and waffle from when they're on the airplane, there's a scene about that. So every recipe relates to the scene, the the mm-hmm. chapter before it. So mm-hmm. that actually comes. So my my birth mother is half Dutch and half Jewish. Mm-hmm. So the Stroop waffle and the Dutch coffee I stuck in there, you know, for that part of my heritage, I guess. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. yeah, and I learned that from my brother. I didn't even know what a Stroop waffle was before I met him, but <laughs> I love them now. <laughs> what so is a Stroop waffle? It's like a, like imagine like, um, you know those Italian cookies are like Pizzelle or something like that? Those yeah, yeah, irons. You can, yeah, 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 you make like, them in those. Them. Yeah, but in but they're you put two of them together and in between you make like um a buttery uh you can use honey or maple syrup mm. and cinnamon and then you put it in there and then seal them. And so you have that mm. syrup in between. And you can go to like World Market or somewhere and buy them and it still has that same flavor and taste and they have them on airplanes a lot too and i'd Hmm. seen them on airplanes before but never got one because i just didn't know what it was and i was like you know (laughs) and so yeah until my brother really introduced me to them and they are delicious but it's a pretty intricate recipe and i have made them i have some in the freezer now but it takes a lot you know it's made with yeast dough and and all that so oh god i don't like dealing with anything we we like yeast and having that stuff rise. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah, you have to have patience. <laughs> yep. You have to beat uh, it to get the gluten going and all of that. So it's a chore. But there are a lot of easy recipes in there. There's a shrimp Louis mm-hmm. salad that um, I grew up eating, you know, in San Francisco. And um, mm. there's a recipe for that. That's a really good one to try because it's, um, you know, it's a salad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a whole lot to it, but it's really good. Yeah, I was like, like I said, about a, about, probably about 40% through the book and I was like all these all these recipes I was like I'm so hungry that's my only goal in life is to make people hungry when they, my, when they read my book so yeah. yes I was like that is amazing so now see, see now you're gonna have to put out a separate um Everhart Brothers like, cookbook so that, yeah, that that's be coming funny. That's coming. That you would definitely be have to do it. <laughs> so what's what's next in the series? The the next book. So it's it's three brothers, is that right? Yeah. I'm trying uh-huh, to remember three the three brothers. brothers. Knox. Why? Declan. I can't, I can't 
Yeah, Declan is the oldest, Knox is the youngest, and then Weston is the middle brother. Weston, yes, Weston. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we're going to get a book for all three brothers. Correct. So book awesome. two is Declan's uh, book, and it'll be out early next year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about, it's told from Cassie's point of view. She's an indie filmmaker, and she comes mm-hmm. here to Austin for South by Southwest, you know, the big festival every year. Ooh, film and music nice. festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they um, kind of meet there. And Declan is the one with more of the swagger and the arrogance and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> all of mm-hmm. that. So we'll see him go on a journey throughout the book to uh, hopefully you'll really love him by the end. But um, it's an interesting book because she's doing her film and um, she pitches it as like Anthony Bourdain meets Full Tilt Boogie. So it's like kind of behind the scenes, but they travel. Mm-hmm. They go to Peru to the uh, Sacred Valley. They go to the Scottish Highlands. Um, and he's basically cooking, you know, the food that you find there mm. with the people who are there. And mm. it's, yeah, it was really interesting to research it. Um, and I love the way, you know, it all came together. So hopefully people will enjoy it. And there will be, you know, a, a recipe or two in that one. There is <laughs> as well. Okay, you have to have more than two recipes if you're going to Peru. I only think there's three. Well, the book is done. It's in my publisher's hand. So. Oh, okay. Okay, well, so I can't. you're going to get what you get, I but I think. Okay, fine. I, I think there may be three. I, there could be four, but three probably. Three probably. Okay. Okay, fine. Fine. I, won't, I can't petition for more recipes. But I just love when. I, I love when authors are so creative like that and do stuff like recipes or yeah. put illustrations or put something different yeah. in the book to kind of break break it up and give you something so unexpected so I really really loved the recipes yeah. in the book I, just I think them. that's pretty neat too but thank you um, and you know it's funny because it started with the first words I wrote of that book or at the very beginning the recipe for an asset boy mm. and it just kind of came to me that that's where I started. And then after that, that's kind of when I went, oh, recipes would be neat. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and I yes, didn't have yes. recipes at the end of every chapter. I only had probably maybe 10 or 12. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that my agent was like, okay, now put a recipe at the end of every chapter. And I was like, oh, okay. oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's genius. Yeah, it really, really is. Yeah. Right, so, so that was good input. All right, so we're coming to the last part of the interview, and I'm going to ask you. Oh, really? all these... Yeah, it's been an hour almost, girl. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we we still got a few more minutes. We still got some more time. I'm going to okay. ask you like some rapid fire questions, kind of like okay. um, this inside the actor studio. Um, and so okay. we're going to ask you like all these questions, like, do you like this or do you like that, and blah blah blah. So okay. my first one is hero. Do you like heroes or villains? Heroes. Heroes. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> is it easier to write love scenes or dramatic arguments? And which one do you like to write? To write? Um, I Okay, I'm going to say love scenes are easier, but I love to write dramatic arguments. Because, <laughs> you know, again, the banter and the smile. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Um, are you a big movie watcher? Um, I am. I mean, I don't 
get to watch as much as I like now, but uh, yes, I love movies. <laughs> okay, that being said, do you have like a best like book adaptation, like book to film adaptation that you think was done really, really well? Right, because normally everybody, you know, always says the book is better, but I mean, right. I really... And I'm not saying that the book isn't better in this case, but Devil in a Blue Dress, I thought they did an excellent um, oh, adaptation for that one. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And Don I love Walter Hill. Mosley and his yes. writing, but I love that movie too. <laughs> and I hate we haven't gotten more Walter Mosley movies because, like, I feel it's like. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, they re- uh-huh. Something was announced like a month ago. I can't really? remember what it was, but something was announced. I yeah, I think it's Charcoal Joe. I think that's come. I think that's. Oh, I think okay. Right. So that would be cool. I like that. Yeah, that too. would be good. That would be good. Um, yeah. is, what is your favorite place to write? Um, I mean, I write at my desk, you know, because <laughs> it's all set up, and I have the big screen there, and. I don't know if it's my favorite. I mean, I like to go to coffee shops, you know, before the pandemic, obviously, again, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that was just a change of scenery. And then also it helps me to focus. And, you know, when you're in the coffee shop, you really can't, you know, you have to write. I mean, there's nothing else you can really mm-hmm. can't screw off, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But and I also love I love writing out on my balcony, but it's Austin and, you know, cedar is a mm-hmm. thing here. So, you know. Yeah allergies yeah. and all that unfortunately yeah yeah, you, yeah. i forgot you, you brought up something about the pandemic and I, I forgot to ask but like has the pandemic changed like the way you write or the way you like market like marketing your books or anything for you like yeah. has it changed anything probably not i'm you know again i'm super introver- introverted so it's not like I was going anywhere before <laughs> the pandemic too much. I mean, really, the, I tell people, and I know it's a tragedy of everything that's happened and people have lost so many people. I mean, I totally get that. Yes. But, um, you know, I just, I didn't, I mean, I took it very seriously too. So mm-hmm. the only thing I really changed was getting my groceries delivered. I mean, I was going to the grocery store before the pandemic. At least I would do that. Mm-hmm. But then I started getting them delivered and, you know, I was like washing them in bleach and all that at the beginning. Oh my gosh. And, um, <laughs> my daughter was like, you are going to kill yourself in dusting <laughs> bleach. And I was you like, are. I don't mean, I'm rinsing them. <laughs> oh my God. I can, I can yeah, just see I like serious. your in like bleach, like uh, uh, uh yeah. no. Oh yeah, I was doing all that. Oh my goodness, and wrenching, and it would just be like so cumbersome though. Every time I got you know a delivery, all the stuff I had to go through. Oh my gosh, you know to put those groceries. <laughs> so now, of course, I'm fully vaccinated, and I still wear a mask when I go out. But I do go to the grocery store now. That's like the one thing that I was like, okay, you're gonna do that. And then I got to see you know my daughters um they were very careful as well and um you know we would isolate self-isolate two weeks before we see each other so you know not a whole lot changed for me yeah Mm, mm, mm. but But in terms of marketing you know I don't know if that would have been different I mean there's a couple of local indie bookstores I would have loved to have done something with but you know who knows? But now, but now you can. I mean, I know you're. I know you say you're introverted, but now that <laughs> you know the world is opening back up, yeah, I think now is the time for you to go out, 
go see your book in print, go and sign yeah. some. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that for sure. It's, 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 it's time for you to do that, for sure. Yeah. Yes. You, I'm, I'm begging you, you need to get up and go out and then go to <laughs> it. should be Very a goal. Very soon. Awesome. All right. So to read or not to read book reviews? Oh, so <laughs> they say don't read your book reviews, but oh my gosh. Um, so I'm just going to out myself now because my friend <laughs> Amanda has been looking at the book reviews for me, but I still go in there and look at them. I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I, like if, if, you know, God willing, the creek don't rise. I have the, yeah. okay, when I have this book out. Let me say that. Right. If, when, right. when I get this That's book right. out, I'm not, I'm not looking at book reviews. I, I, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone's different for sure, but I can't not look at them. I want to know what people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, yeah. because I want people to love what I write. That's like my only goal, you know, with my writing really is that I get to my stories out there and people love them. Well, I promise when I finish, I will leave a good review. I promise. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be done by the end of the week. So I, I'm going to leave you. it off. Most appreciated, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> well, um, what's the last romance novel besides your own that you read? Um, So I just, um, well, right now I'm reading Miracles and Menorahs, um, which is another Thule author. Um, but I just finished listening to At Your Age, Eve Brown. Mm, mm, yeah, good. just finished that. Yeah, I'm just getting into audiobooks again. So, of course, mm. really loved it. I mean, Talia is someone who doesn't go wrong as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So, you know. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Mm, that was <laughs> I think that for that to be like the kind of conclusion of the Brown sisters, that was a good way to kind of. Cap it, it off. If, 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 it, if it's the conclusion, because we don't know. And yeah, and I'm, I'm not ready for it to be either. I said, we need like three more books, but yeah. At least, right? <laughs> at least. At least. Um, do you listen to music when you write? And if so, oh, what? 100%. 100%. And I listen to, yeah, I have I have playlists out there. So, you know, I'm on Spotify if anybody wants to know exactly what I listen to, but um, I'm all over the board with everything. So um, I love Lenny Kravitz um, and I love um, just, I mean, so much music. It's hard for me to, Nick Jonas, I was listening to before I set out, even Harry Styles, which I was like, would I like Harry Styles? I mean, I didn't, I never listened to One Direction, but now I'm like, ooh, Harry Styles. <laughs> so, <laughs> you young you know. boy. Young boy. Yeah, That's but I, I mean, like, he's yeah. good, though. And yeah. um, Prince, of course, he's an mm-hmm. all-time fave. And um, Janet Jackson. I mean, did if you, you look a, at my list, it's all over the place. Did you have a playlist for, like, the book while you were writing? Yes, uh-huh. 131 mm. songs on it. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go look it up. Okay. I'm, after this interview, I'm going to go look it up. Okay. You know, it's like Pavlov's response, though. I mean, it's like when I hear the music, then I'm writing because mm. you listen to it over and over, and it's just like, oh, I'm supposed to be writing. And mm. it just makes it easier for me. But I know a lot of people don't like to write with music. Yeah. Yeah. Especially any music that has like lyrics. Some people don't like to write. Like, yeah, like, it doesn't bother period. me at all. 
It doesn't bother yeah. me either. That's why I was like, it doesn't bother me either. It doesn't. Um, yeah, that's. Um, is there a favorite word that you think you use in your <laughs> writing, like something that you use like a lot? Um, apparently so, according to my editor. So smirk. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is always smirking. <laughs> smirk. Okay. Smirk. smirk. He smirks. Smirk. She smirks. They smirk. <laughs> Everybody smirks. <laughs> Everybody smirks. Yeah. This expression is just smirking. Yeah, she made me. I mean, she didn't make me, but she strongly suggested that I change quite a few of those if I had mm. like 70 of them in the book. And mm. this is for book two. And oh, okay. um, because Declan does smirk a lot. He, that's his personality. <laughs> right, right, right. And, but some of it, it just didn't, you know, and she was right. It wasn't as impactful, you know, because pretty mm-hmm. soon that's all he was doing was smirking. So mm-hmm. when he did it, who cares? But hopefully now it's, you know, I removed a bunch of them. Now he's, he smiles a little more, grins. <laughs> Greens, okay, that's better than smart. Yeah. Um, if we talked about movies, so if your book became a movie, who would you want to play the leads? <laughs> this is a tough one. So I'm gonna say someone unknown, <laughs> but um, if I have to pick someone that people know, I mean, I'm going with Rihanna <laughs> because <laughs> um, hey, may as well go for broke, right? Yeah, right, um, right. <laughs> But she kind of inhibits that Rowan vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can she pretend to cook? Can she cook? I don't know. Well, yeah, I doubt it. But, I mean, <laughs> I, who knows? Maybe she can. She can be the Maybe best she can. in the world. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> she doesn't seem like, she. to me, she doesn't seem like a woman right. that, that cooks. <laughs> no, she does a whole lot of other stuff really well. So <laughs> Yes, yes. But what about Knox? What about for Knox? Ooh, I do not. I mean, I have a picture that I um, use as a character, you know, inspiration for him. And I don't know what the guy's name is at all, but I really, or Knox, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. I don't know. When when you were kind of describing him, I don't know why I was thinking, um... Did you did you ever watch Jane the Virgin? Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Remember remember um not not Raphael the guy that played Michael. Yeah. For some reason, I was picturing him, but really? I don't know. Maybe I'm off. <laughs> yeah, Knox is definitely closer to Raphael. Who the guy who plays Raphael is actually Italian, and um, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Knox is half Italian. His mother was yeah, Italian, so that. he's got the yeah. dark hair and the blue eyes going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know why I was picturing. I don't know why I was picturing the other guy. That Maybe, is interesting. I don't know. Maybe I don't know why. <laughs> I'll switch to the other guy. Anyway, I thought you were um, gonna say Raphael. <laughs> you're like, oh yes, <laughs> yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I bet. Okay, well, I changed my I changed my answer. Then it's Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. let's get this movie made first. <laughs> yes, let's get this movie let's made. We need somebody. And, yeah, Rihanna and Justin Baldoni. So y'all, y'all, right, y'all cast name, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. That would be very nice. Right. Mm-hmm. So, 
So where do you see romance novels like going in the next decade? What do you see kind of being explored in the next like 10 years? Oh, it's so hard to say because um, I don't know. This industry is so uh, all yeah. over the place all the time, mm, you know, from mm. day to day. It's like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, I'd like to see in 10 years that it's, you know, um, diversity is not something that we have to talk about anymore because, mm-hmm. you just you know, it's everywhere and it's not anything you have to think about. That would be great. <laughs> um, mm. You know, whether we ever get there, you know, probably not. But I mean, I'll try to be optimistic about it, I guess. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think, I think we're going to get fresh, fresher takes on like classic tropes. Yeah. Because, you know, like, you know, we're we're seeing it now. Like we see mm-hmm. Indian versions of like sense of sensibility and stuff yeah. like that. And just classics being looked at in a new way. Um, yeah. Like the one of the ones I'm, I'm so off subject, but one of the ones I'm so excited <laughs> for is um, Bethany C. Morrow's Little Women adaptation oh, yes, it's like that's yes, all black and i'm yes. like i'm like like my chills i'm like i need this book now like i want it right. now like i, I keep seeing right. the cover everywhere i'm like <laughs> i, I got i gotta have it like that's one of yeah. the ones i'm like super excited for yeah so, that like, is the you know, only little women i want to see uh, exactly <laughs> that's the only Good one is. i want to see read <laughs> so i'm like i'm like i'm just, just like i'm just i'm just hoping for just fresher takes on like old yeah, you know, maybe some classics or like old tropes. I don't think tropes ever get old. It's just the way no. that we, we mm-hmm. like to t- do them, or or maybe even do gender flips on stuff. You know, it's not. Yeah. You know. Oh you yeah. Know, maybe the, maybe the woman can be the alpha and the and the right. guy. You know, not and, you know stuff like that. So. Yeah. No, like yeah. you said, I think we're starting to see that more. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be great mm-hmm. if we could just, yeah, blow that all the way up and mm-hmm. <laughs> let that be the norm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when it's all said and done, what do you want readers to say about the books you write? Like when you've written like 50 books already. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you want people to say after your career is like in its sunset? I just want them to say that, you know, their money was well spent. <laughs> That's it. That's it. (laughs) I have no higher purpose in life. (laughs) I just want to, you know, put my work out there and people to consume it and enjoy it. Mm. And I just want to keep writing like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's 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 always a good goal to have. It's always (laughs) awesome goal. So, Kelly, where can people find you on social media? Um, well, I'm Kelly Kane author on most socials. Um, of course I have my website, kellycaneauthor.com and that's K-E-L-L-Y-C-A-I-N author. Um, yeah, I have a newsletter that you can sign up for there as well. And my Spotify is on there. Whoever was interested. (laughs) I'm going to see it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm on a ton of socials. I'm just getting into TikTok now, which is consuming way too much of my time. (laughs) I love TikTok. Oh my gosh. You are? Okay. Well, I have to find you. 
<laughs> Believe yeah, me, I'll do it five time. minutes after we hang up because I'm always on TikTok now. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I'm on TikTok. Um, but I don't, yeah. I'm not like the queen of TikTok like Alicia Rye. Like she's on TikTok for right. real, for real. Right. But I'm not like her. I'm not like her. Yeah. But, yeah. Alyssa Cole but, does some cute stuff too. Yeah, and she of course, does. Katie she Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katie's on yeah. there. Um, killing it too, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I don't think I have my TikTok up to that level, but yeah. Oh, no, I just barely got a couple of videos, but I love watching. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. So thank you so much, Kelly, for coming no, on the podcast. You. I had a blast. Like I Me said, I'm saving, I'm saving the best for last, my IRP people. So um, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on so, so much. Well, thank you for having me, and it was great talking with you, and I did. I had so much fun. A blasty blast. Me too. (laughs) We'll see you later. Okay. Once again, I would like to thank my friend Kelly Kane for coming on to the podcast. You all can find her everywhere. Um down social media that's on twitter that's on instagram that's on facebook at kelly kane c-a-i-n author um you can find her new book the an acquired taste book one in the everhart brothers series um wherever books are sold and on uh amazon thank you so much kelly for coming on to the podcast you all tune in next week where we have our final episode in our romance in color series Um, i'll be interviewing author jada sola james so you guys come on back and i will see you all next week bye